0: Welcome to Liberty Alert with Gregory Sells, sponsored by our friends at the Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty here in Washington, D.C., a program that cuts through the chaos and confusion in the culture today by talking two-kingdom citizenship, bold biblical principles for a robust, public Christian life. And now your host, Dr. Gregory Sells. Good day. Good day, Washington, D.C. I'm Gregory Seltz. Welcome to our program, The Liberty Alert, where every week we try to cut through the noise and take on the issues, especially the public issues that matter to people of faith. We're privileged to have on the program today Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler of Missouri's 4th District. And where I've gotten to know her well, especially as in her leadership on the Values Action team. Uh, the congressional side, and she's a tremendous leader for the things that we at the LCRL hold dear, religious liberty, the sanctity of life, the defense of marriage, and of course, educational freedom. Welcome, Congresswoman Hartzler.
1: Well, thank you. I'm so glad to be here.
0: Well, listen, two of the four things I just mentioned I want to talk to you about today. Um, First of all, the sanctity of life, and then secondly, education, because I know you have some legislation that you're putting forward as well. First, the sanctity of life, um, Dobbs, the end of Roe v. Wade. Why is this vital to our nation going forward?
1: Well, every life is valuable and it has a God-given purpose. And uh, that's the most important thing that we need to protect and defend life. And this decision, uh, Roe v. Wade back in 1973, was a wrong decision. It was an right. overreach by unelected judges that should never have occurred. And uh, the court last week rightly uh, made the decision that this really isn't a a right under the Constitution and it needs to be left up to the the people, the elected representatives of the people. And they gave the power back, which that is, you know, so unusual and historic that a uh, one of the three branches of government says, hey, we've got too much power. We're going to give it back. Right. But the (laughs) bottom line. Yeah. But the bottom line is that more lives are going to be safe now. And there are many, many states that have already uh, there have passed laws, including here in Missouri, that we are a pro-life state. And there will not be abortion here uh, unless the life of the mother is in jeopardy. And we are embracing the mother in this process. There are multiple pregnancy care centers throughout our state and uh, standing ready to to support every woman In an unplanned pregnancy situation, giving her the support to make sure that that baby is brought to life and helping her in her parenting or if she wants to make a parenting decision and for her child through adoption. Uh, There are other ways to uh, handle these situations. And I'm excited for the lives that are going to get to live. We've lost 63 million Americans at the hands of abortion since 1973. And my heart just breaks for wondering what you know, what plan God had for each one of those uh, children, who knows, you know, we maybe have had a a cure for Alzheimer's or cancer by now. Uh, We don't know what contributions they could have uh, given to us. And so now more babies will be able to live and it'll be good for all of us.
0: Right. And, you know, the one of the things that often gets thrown our way, and by the way, you know, we were, we've been a part of this all the way back to, I guess, the early 80s, uh, my wife, she served in clinics in New York City. We worked with Cardinal O'Connor in our work in New York City. You know, we've been on the streets of this and we've seen the damage that it's done to our culture, to women, to men. I think the one argument that always gets brought up, and it really bothers me, it's that that somehow pro-life is chauvinistic. and And really, if you think about it, I think pro-choice or abortion is the most chauvinistic thing what happens to women is they're either abandoned or they're supposed to get an abortion and the guy says that's all you know i have no responsibility i guess the point i'm saying is strong women are pro-life and 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 we've got to take back that narrative and as a strong woman this is a movement led by women
1: you're so right and um i think women know that uh, that the, the devastation that occurs after an abortion right. uh, many people know women who made that choice and like you you pointed out some, many times they are coerced to, to doing it by a boyfriend uh, they think they have no choice they're not aware of the crisis pregnancy center or the pregnancy help center in the area um and and uh they regret it their whole life and studies have shown that women who have had abortions and it could be as high as one in four women have had one But they have increased depression, uh, mental health, anxiety, um, problems, the rest of their life, uh, guilt. And of course, those things can be overcome through the power of Jesus Christ. uh, And many women have received that healing from it. But they are, in some ways, victims of this uh, uh, abortion industry as well. That's made a lot of money off of them. And uh, now they're going to be hopefully supported and be able to bring that baby to term if they have uh, an unplanned pregnancy. And I've talked to several men, though, as well, who have grieved their whole life Absolutely. for their role that they played in abortion. They may have mm-hmm. paid for one or, in, or took their uh, girlfriend to an abortion clinic. And so, you know, abortion u- ultimately is death. And people know that deep down. And many times they try to cover that up uh, through, you know, other means. And uh, sometimes it comes out as anger and rage that we see with people um, you know marching but I, I think ultimately their heart needs healed.
0: Well, and you're right. And I think what we've seen, you know, if you really take the notion that um, it's not a life, if you say it's not a life, there's a callousness that builds both in men and women. And like I said, I've seen your leadership. We're trying to reinstill life, reinstill the sanctity of all life. Men take their responsibility seriously. Women take their responsibility seriously. How do we start to reinstill this? So the, the Supreme Court said, OK, it's not constitutional. But now we've we've had a a culture that actually had a veneer of respectability over abortion for over 50 years. That veneer is gone. But now the real debate begins. So how do we reinstate that? I know your job as... Congress woman is is not I mean it's it's our job of the church, the family that as well but you know how do we reinstill going forward from your perspective?
1: Well the, the church and the family and the local communities is key to this certainly and, and reaching hmm. every man and woman with the love of Christ um, and let them know that a life has a plan and a purpose for right. them. but in Congress this uh, we're going to continue this battle. You know, I have sponsored the defund Planned Parenthood bill for several years, right. and I'm going to continue that fight because they do not deserve a dime of our taxpayer dollars. I also am the sponsor of the Women's Right to Know Act. And we know that with this decision, it's up to the states as well as potentially elected representatives in Washington, D.C. to make these decisions. But right now, we have several states who still are promoting abortion even so much that there some companies are paying for people to go there and putting it in their benefit package and have an abortion. it's unbelievable right. uh, what is occurring, but um, that's why we could pass a law at the federal level saying that women have the right to know about the health ramifications and be able to see an ultrasound and to know these things before they make that decision. I'm also co-sponsor of other bills that we're going to continue to move forward with that says uh, the Born Alive Infant Protection Act, if a child is born alive during an abortion, they deserve the same health care and emergency treatment as a baby uh, pre-born, you know, from a family who wants to keep that baby down the hallway. Uh, we also, I'm also co-sponsor of the, the Pain Capable Bill that's saying there's no abortion in America if there is, uh, the baby, can, once they can feel pain. But I'm also the co-sponsor of the Life at Conception Act and the Heartbeat Bill, and, and which says no abortions after that. So we're going to continue to fight at the federal level uh, for life. But we also need to fight at the local level and at the state level. All of this is going to be turned over uh, a lot of to state decisions as well. And I'll mention something else people may not be aware of that 40% of the abortions in our country right now are occurring through. What we call chemical abortions, right. which is a, a, a pill regimen. There are two different pills that a pregnant woman takes. The first pill stops the baby uh, and, and from being able to be implanted, continue to be implanted in the uterus, and it and it comes away from the uterus. It separates from, and then the second pill uh, forces the body to expel the the baby. And it's, and it's a horrific thing for a woman to go through on her own at, in home by herself. It is very painful. It can be very, very dangerous. Uh, women have died using this. And so there's also legislation trying to prohibit the, using the Postal Service to send out these, male, uh, these pills, which are certainly cause the death of a baby, but they can cause the death of a mother as well.
0: And like you said, I think that's one of the things that people are starting to wake up to that, that the pro abortion movement, you know, is it's actually using women to its advantage, too. And there's all kinds of downsides for the mother as well as for the child. Obviously, the child loses its life. So when you said that, it it just brought back to me, um, you know, people don't realize that Europe, I think it's like 12 to 14 weeks tops all throughout Europe. I mean, our abortion laws in some of our states, and even the one that they tried to pass in Congress, uh, would have made us akin to China and North Korea, how we value life. And that's just not American, uh, especially when we we need to reinstill the The fact that each life is important the life of the unborn, the life of the aged, the life in between, valuing marriage, valuing sex as something between committed people who see babies not as a medical emergency, but as a blessing. I mean, there's a whole lot of work of getting back to where we need to be on this issue. That's for sure. Now, folks, can you hear? See, listen to all the stuff that she's sponsoring. I mean, when I think about those, the pain capable bill, the born alive bill, I don't know why anyone would vote against those things. Uh, I would love to see more of those come to a vote but that's what congresswoman hartzler is all about and she's been a really staunch leader uh, in the congress on this and we pray that uh, some of those bills actually again come to the vote and and actually show where people are in our congress and in our senate now on to a second issue and i know this one's really uh important to you because you were a teacher correct that's right okay so Education is a big deal. And it's obviously a huge deal in our country today. And I just want to let you know, we have 2200 schools, we have uh, seven universities. And so education is huge in the Lutheran Church, especially across the country. As a teacher, uh, talk a little bit again about why parental Responsibility and authority is so huge, and then we'll talk a little bit about some of the things that you have posited.
1: Well, the parent is the best arbiter of their child's education, and whether they choose to homeschool that child or uh, make a decision and, and put it in a, a Christian school or have the public school, they are the one that has the greatest influence as well as a stake in their child's education and. The thought that some of our schools across the country are saying that parents need to sit down and be quiet and and that the the teachers are the experts is really, really concerning. And especially when parents started uh, exercising their right to speak up at school board meetings, which is the representative body that's elected by them to oversee the school district. When our federal government started calling them terrorists, domestic terrorists, exactly. and trying to sick the FBI on them. Right. It was unbelievable. <laughs> right. Unbelievable. And uh, I'm just so proud of the parents who are running and have run successfully for school board and taking their schools back. I've said for too long that we've been on the defense and we need to go on the offense. I wrote a book several years ago hmm. that's available on Amazon called Running God's Way Step by Step to Successful Political Campaign. Trying and encourage people of faith to run successfully for office at all levels, mm. and especially at the local level of school board and county office and city council where many of our cultural battles are taking place. And too many times we wait until something happens that we don't like, and then we all go in mass to the meeting and try to get them to reverse their vote instead of being proactive and getting our people there on that board, making those decisions to begin with. So I applaud those who are stepping up and doing that. But we've got to take back our schools. Uh, they should be teaching as, as you have said, which is a quote of mine. Yeah. We should be <laughs> teaching the ABCs, not the CRTs. Not the
0: CRTs. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and you know, the, go ahead, and let me jump in, too, and just say when, when you talk about these things, there is a there is a moral framework to good education you know there is so there is a battle there and that's actually where this battle is at there's a secularization coming into our schools a racialization that's being hoisted on our schools a sexualization that's being hoisted on our schools and people are saying wait a minute you know true wisdom comes when i am educated within a moral framework that actually is correct and the judeo-christian one has serviced this country so well for so long and like you said let's let's at least get back to making sure they can think properly (laughs) and then we'll get into the philosophies that we're talking about. So go ahead. Yeah, the ABCs, not the CRT.
1: Well, I'm concerned that our kids are falling behind other countries, uh, students in their reading, and mm-hmm. science, and math, and these basic things that schools are supposed to be teaching. Uh, we are falling behind in that. And I think part of it is because some schools, and I don't want to paint all schools this way or all right. teachers, because I know many great teachers and many great public school teachers as well as certainly Christian school teachers. But there are, there are some out there, and we know it, who have a, a mission of indoctrination, and they think it's their job to, to indoctrinate and change students' opinions uh, uh, to their worldview. And this sexualization that you talk about is extremely concerning. The thought that we're encouraging kids in some some places to choose their own gender once they get to school, change their gender, and not tell the parents. Uh, This is ludicrous. The parents are in control of their children and need to be involved in all these very important decisions. The school shouldn't be going behind their back, Uh, changing the child's gender, affirming that. Encouraging that, I mean, this is this is serious stuff, and that's why I've I've been banned uh, from my Twitter account, uh, <laughs> my campaign Twitter account, uh, because I simply said women's sports should be for women, not men pretending to be women. Right. And we have this move now to allow biological males to participate in girls' sports, but the Biden administration has issued a rule to change so every Title IX school. Uh, has to consider for discrimination, not discriminate based on sexual orientation and gender identity, which has huge ramifications for girls' locker rooms, bathrooms, sports, scholarships, you name it. It's very, very concerning, and it's going to be to the detriment of our girls if we don't stand up and speak up for them.
0: Yeah, again, like you just pointed out again, uh, women suffer you know, these these are supposed to be these egalitarian notions, and everyone's supposed to profit from this. But really, what happens is as our girls are actually uh, hoisted on this again, and they're the ones who are most vulnerable, they're the ones who are now going to lose opportunities, but they're also going to be Um, They're going to be open to things that we used to protect them from. And I think that's what the sexualization stuff is all about as well. And that's why the abortion movements connected to this pro life and all this stuff is undergirding a different way of going at these things. And not only ABCs, but then understanding that there's a dignity that we need to teach our children. Uh, There's a moral uh, framework that actually deals with a lot of these issues and puts them in their proper place. And all of that should be part of a good education. I, I don't know if you think about it this way, but, you know, I used to get involved in these issues a lot. And I said, look, if the state wants to involve itself in our educational system, that's fine. But they should limit themselves to good civics. I mean, that's what they should be concerned about. They should be concerned that we have a good civics program and people know how to be good citizens. That's the state's involvement. Uh, The rest of it comes from a different place it comes from free people it comes from church people it comes from moral people and and people who strive for the truth we don't need the state to dictate those kind of things to us how did they get a hold of all of this stuff
1: yeah it's been going on for a long time i think ever since the 60s when they took prayer out of the schools and said no we we don't want to have anything to do with god we're going to be 100 percent secular Uh, and then you know, our universities have been taken over by by liberals uh, or yeah. socialists. And that's what's uh, educating our teachers. And I, As a teacher, I'll say all the teachers I know have a big heart. I mean, right. they're there because they care about kids and they want to uh, make a difference. But some with a liberal mindset and who don't have a biblical worldview think it's their mission and they think it's good to, to be open and encourage and infirm kids and all kinds of Uh, strange ways, but that's not um, compassionate to encourage a child to switch their gender. It, it ultimately is dangerous. And if they have a sex change operation uh, which many liberals support them doing and when they're a a young person, you know, I think that's child abuse. We know that 85 to 90% of these young people will ultimately settle in their biological sex once they get through puberty in their teenage years. It's a tumultuous time. There's com- they're confused. But if you affirm them and encourage them to have uh surgeries to mutilate and change their bodies, it, it affects them the rest of their life. They never will be able to have kids. I mean, it's just wrong. So yeah. I think it's misplaced compassion that's actually hurting kids and they need to realize that and reverse course.
0: And that's, and like you said, that it, w- teachers and parents, I think are all on the same page on this. Uh, like you said, there's a bureaucracy that's bigger that actually, I, there's a book called Get Out Now where two teachers are saying, you know, we're trying to actually teach the ABCs. We're trying to actually do what we were trained to do. And there's there's this these uh, uh, challenges and these other forces that are that are hoisting these things on through curriculum and things like that. So there's a lot of teachers who are trying to fight back as well. And that's the point. It's what's best for our, our kids. And I think the teachers in uh, concert with parents who really care about their kids above and beyond even education, that's where the solution is going to be. You know, the one thing, too, I, I think you were just pointing this out, there's a whole lot of issues, and I don't think, you know, we, we just had some issues over July 4th again where violence in our culture and, and people are immediately going to things like guns and things like that. But we're seeing a callousness in culture, and that callousness has to come from someplace. And I think it's when you're taught that you're a biological accident, when you're taught there's no purpose in life, when, when you're taught uh, that, uh, you know, you're not taught to be wise anymore, manners and morals are actually somehow suspect now. It shouldn't shock us that we create people who don't value life, who don't even value their own life and don't see any purpose in life. In pro-life and a good education, that's what that's meant to instill. And, and so, again, in your leadership, what are some of the things, even in education, where we can actually get back to where our kids come out of our high schools and schools with a sense of who they are, with uh, a competence in who they can be.
1: Well, that is so true. And, um, you know, I believe that education should be based mainly at the local level and the state level and the federal government shouldn't be passing laws dictating what should be done at our schools. But I do... uh, know that we have 160 military bases across our country that have schools on those bases. And so Congress is kind of like the school board for them. So I (laughs) I didn't know
0: that. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, we oversee the curriculum there and have jurisdiction, kind of like the local school board. So I have introduced the No CRT for our Military Kids Act, because I think critical race theory is damaging for every student in America, and I don't want any of them to be taught that our nation is a racist nation, and we should be ashamed of it, and that their destiny is determined by their skin color. But yet, the thought that that might be taught to a child of a military uh, member whose mom or dad is, you know, fighting for our country and potentially giving their life for our country is just abominable. So that's why I have, uh, you know, proactively introduced this legislation to make sure that that doesn't happen uh, on our military bases. And I'm gonna continue to fight for quality education for our kids and encourage that to happen at the state and local level as well.
0: Well, our chaplains will thank you. We have a, a big chaplaincy is in our church as well, and they will appreciate that. And by the way, I've been in urban ministry for 25 years, and uh, Black Liberation Theology, which is foundational to CRT and things like that, it doesn't liberate. It doesn't liberate the principles of individual uh, empowerment and education and, and self-discipline. Those are the things that liberate, and a good education will help kids of all. Uh, ethnicities uh, accomplish and and make it in this country. And so, like you said, just making this a racial issue and teaching that some people can make it and some people can't, that's the wrong way uh, to go. So um, parental choice, I know that uh, charter schools... African-American parents and Hispanic parents and and even poor, uh, you know, white kids, parents, they, they want this. They want that opportunity to get their kids a good education. And they sure don't want to see the racialization happen as well. Again, I just want to say thank you. You are on top of so many of these things. And I learned something today, too. I didn't know that that, the, that you handled all that on the basis. And I will make sure that I pass that word along, too. But thank you for your leadership. And how can people uh, get to know more about you? Can You want to give your website here? before you go?
1: Sure. Hartzler.house.gov is my official website where you can learn more about the bills I'm introducing and the work we're doing. Uh, But also VickiHartzler.com is my campaign website. I am running for the U.S. Senate in Missouri. I would love to have everybody's support and they can go there and learn more. VickiHartzler.com.
0: And wherever you serve, whether it's in the Senate or the House, we will be proud to uh, be there and support you. Thank you for your leadership. Thanks for tuning in today. To get to know our LCRL-DC work better, check out our website at lcrlfreedom.org. Till next time, God bless you always. I'm Gregory Seltz. Have a great week. You've been listening to Liberty Alert with Dr. Gregory Seltz, executive director of the Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty in Washington, D.C. This program has been brought to you by the Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty.